0: everyone, and thank you for coming back and joining me tonight on Next on the T. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and we've got a really great show in store for you tonight. I'm going to be joined by two of the guys that I've really enjoyed getting to know over the last year and and uh, that's Mark Wiebe and Matthew Lawrence and Mark is going to be first up with me and uh, you remember him as the 2013 Senior Open Champion he had a stellar playing career on both the regular tour and the Champions Tour, 8 professional wins in all including 5 on the Champions Tour including that senior major so we'll get some more stories from Mark about his time out on tour plus we'll spend a lot of time talking about what he does now and that that is being a great instructor so we'll talk a little bit about the short game some mental approach particularly when you're coming down the stretch and you've got an opportunity to win a big, win a big event, whether that's a, a tour event, whether that's your four ball with your buddies, whether that's you know, your club championship, we'll talk about dealing with that mental stress and uh, not getting ahead of yourselves. Plus, we'll also hear what Mark was looking for from his caddies when he was out on tour. What did the caddies do? What did you want them to do? We'll talk about that in a whole lot more when Mark joins me here in just a few minutes. Following Mark, I'll get a return visit, you know, like I say, from one of my favorite people on the planet, and that's actor-turned-ESPN radio host Matthew Lawrence. Matthew hosts his own golf show called Backspin Golf every Sunday morning on WLXG AM 1300 in Lexington, Kentucky. He also does a drive-time show from 4 to 7 p.m. on that same station. I'll talk with Matthew about some of his favorite movie roles, that rumored possibility. Oh, and if this could only be true, Eddie and the Cruisers 3, I hope that one is a true rumor. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the 2018 Barbasol Championship being moved up there to where Matthew lives in Lexington. Is coming in there at, uh, next calendar year, 2018, so we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about some of the other things that Matthew has had the opportunity to be a part of, some of the celebrity tour events and some of his favorite memories from being a part of those. So a lot of great stories coming from Matthew when he joins me about 30 minutes from now. So, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to next on the tee tonight and taking the journey with me over the next hour. And as you know, we are sponsored by the French Lick Resort. Let's hear a word from our good friend Steve Rondonero about all the great things they have going on up there this fall.
1: Fall golf is gorgeous at French Lick Resort. Perched on one of the highest points in Indiana, the Pete Dye course hosted the first-ever Senior
0: LPGA Championship this summer. Ask the ladies. The views are spectacular.
1: The venerable Donald Ross course is looking better than ever as it celebrates its centennial. Go to FrenchLick.com and save with our Hall of Fame package. Play legendary golf at French Lick Resort this fall.
0: Yeah, folks, before to check, be sure to check them out online at FrenchLick.com to see for yourself how great a place it is and to book your stay as well. And, folks, have you heard me talking about Club Hub sensors over the last couple of months? Well, if you haven't, listen up and get ready to discover the best portable shot tracking and swing analysis golf device out there other shot trackers tell you what happened club hubs tell you what happened and why take the progress that you make on the practice team directly to your rounds with the only device of its kind that can go on the course with you I've ClubHub sensors in all of my clubs. They screw right into the tops of your grips and I can tell you, since I put ClubHub sensors in my clubs, I've learned more about my swing and all the data surrounding it than I've learned over the 40 years that I've been playing the game. But before you go out and buy your own set, our friends at Kinetic Sports have a special limited-time discount t- for our listeners. And you got to hurry now, there's only 2 days left. You can get any ClubHub product for 25% off by entering NEXT, that's N E X T as your coupon code and get your ClubHubs for a stellar low price. Head to clubhubgolf.com, that's clubhubgolf.com, to get your ClubHub sensors today and see your game in a whole new way. We're also excited to be partnering with the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company. The Ben Hogan Golf Company is back with the same great equipment that you know and love without the retail markup that you hate. Now you can buy premium Ben Hogan irons, wedges, utility irons, hybrids, and golf bags directly from the factory at prices your wallet's going to appreciate. Visit them online at benhogangolf.com to order or call 844-53-HOGAN. That's 844-53-HOGAN to learn more. Please also check out our friends at the Bobby Jones Apparel Company by going online to bobbyjones.com. Their new fall collection is out and it is time to update your wardrobe with Enduring Style from the Bobby Jones Apparel Company. See it all online at bobbyjones.com. And folks, as you know, we have been partnering this year with Russ Holden and the folks at the caddy, over at Caddy for a Cure. And one of the most unique opportunities in the world of professional golf is a available to you through Caddy for a Cure. Spend a day inside the ropes with one of the world's best players as their caddy. It's a fantastic way to have the time of your life while supporting our wounded service members and Fancona Anemia. You're going to walk side by side with your tour player experiencing professional golf as an insider. In addition to the amazing experience you're going to have, you're going to get a fantastic gift package from Caddy for a Cure, which includes Under Armour logoed apparel and an eyewear package, a tour grade caddy bib suitable for autographs and framing, a ten cup ball marking gift, chef's cut real jerky, and professional photographs from your day. Go online to Caddy for a Cure. That's C-A-D-D-Y-F-O-R-A-C-U-R-E. Caddyforacure.com to learn more. Alright, now back with me on the French Lick Resort Guest Line is Champions Tour Pro Mark Wiebe. Let me remind you about Mark's background. He's from Seaside, Oregon and grew up in Escondido, California. played his college golf at Palomar Junior College and then transferred to San Jose State. While at Palomar, he was the individual medalist at the 1977 California Amateur and he won the 1977 Idaho Amateur as well. Turned pro in 1980 and started on the PGA Tour in 1983. His first career win came at the 1985 Anheuser-Busch Classic when he beat John Mahaffey with a birdie on the first playoff hole. He won again the following year at the 1986 Hardee's Golf Classic by one shot over Kurt Bynum, thanks to a birdie on 17 during the final round. Mark matched Bobby Watkins' record for being the youngest winner on the Champions Tour at 50 years and 10 days old when he won the SAS Classic. In 2013, he won the Senior Open Championship at Royal Birkdale, which was the site of this year's Open Championship. He, def- he defeated Bernard Longer on the fifth playoff hole to capture that Senior Major Championship after a final round 66. Later in 2013, he captured the Pacific Links Hawaii Championship, again in the playoff over Corey Pavin. In all, he's won eight times as a professional, twice on the PGA Tour, five times on the Champions Tour and the 1986 Colorado Open as well. He's now a great instructor, which we're going to talk a whole lot more about, and I am thrilled to have him back with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Mark, thanks for coming back on the show.
2: Hey, Chris. But thanks so much for having me.
0: So, Mark, since the last time we spoke, I, you know, you've know, you moved out west, so where did you move and how do you like it so far?
2: Well, um, we are uh, – my wife Kathy and I are still up to our eyeballs in boxes, but it's getting better uh, we moved to San Jose, California, and I have uh, accepted the job of the director of instruction at San Jose Country Club, um, a course that I played in college, was one of our home courses when I played here in college and went to San Jose State, and uh, and now just a couple of years later, I'm now the uh, director of instruction, so I'm totally excited to, uh, to have a place to call my own and, and be in one of the oldest and most historic golf courses in northern california is pretty
0: cool too and mark you know as, as you talk about you know being the director of instruction now and, and you know you're a great teacher of the game obviously you're a great you know player out on tour on both tours a regular tour and the champions tour when you're working with with young students now right what's your style are you a data guy are you looking at you know the trackmans and all of those sorts of things or are you more old school kind of watching how they swing and what their ball flight looks like What's your style?
2: Well, I'll tell you what style I prefer, and that is the old-fashioned watch that ball fly uh, in the air. Um, But with the day and age and where I am here in the Silicon Valley, uh, you know, the home of stuff like this, uh, you have to be hip to all of the TrackMan, flight scopes, all the data, um, and at least... uh, I have an understanding for it. Um, Some of the younger kids, that's what they want. Um, I'm trying to uh, kind of put that together, the numbers together with the visual, so I can get them to see what, instead of seeing a number, they can actually see a trajectory of a ball, and then maybe match that visual trajectory with the numbers that they're getting off the machine. So. To answer your question, I think both. You have to be ready to do both, depending on what your student uh, desires.
0: And Mark, when you first start working with a new student, wh- what are you looking for to figure out just what you know what that person needs, you know, to get to the next level? I mean, swings are uni- unique. I think back when I was first learning the game, I think they were all, you know, the instructors that I work with, anyway. We're trying to work, you know, the same kind of swing, you know, kind of a one-size-fits-all swing. But now we see more and more swings that are, you know, someone is unique. It's sort of like their own fingerprint is is their kind of swing. What are you looking for in a person's swing to decide how you're going to get them from where they are to where they want to be?
2: Well, I think that if you can, if you can kind of just get a sense for how their body moves when they swing the golf club. If, they're a, if they have a little bit more lateral than the next guy, or maybe they're a little bit more on top of it, uh, staying on top of it, more of that stack and tilt kind of way. Uh, you're, just, you're trying to see how this particular person, how their body works uh, so they're comfortable, so they don't have to think about how to swing what do, they, what do they look like when they just swing and don't have a thought and don't try to emulate someone else or, or don't have the roll your forearms, make sure you're on plane stuff? If you can just kind of see how their body works. And I, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a holder now, so I think I've seen so many swings that are so good. Um, the anywhere from a Jimmy Ballard type of a move where some people would call that a sway, uh, all the way down, like I said, to this stack and tilt thing, whatever, you know, whatever. Uh, I just think that they all work. It just depends on, you know, what's your natural movement? Um, I, I worked with a, a lady the other day whose natural movement was definitely Getting back to her right side and getting the way over to her left side. So um, I thought that was awesome because that's just the way that she moved. And um, to you don't have to groove anything. You know, if that's the way your body works, then you, you're kind of just go with that. You know, you don't have to change something. And and that applies for the younger kids too. I love to see somebody in a natural watch them swing and, you know, not worry about if they cross the line or lay the club off a la Sergio or, you know, instead of having people tell them that they can't do that to be good, maybe tell them to do that all the time and you'll be really
0: good. And, Mark, talking about younger players, right, so many of us, particularly junior players, have short attention spans these days, and they're ready to give it up, you know, if they don't get the immediate gratification from the game. How do you keep your students engaged and enthused, enthused about the game when they're struggling or maybe they're not getting immediate results?
2: Well, listen, that's one of the hardest things there is, you know, to have to tell a, a younger kid to be patient.
0: Because
2: uh, I was a younger kid at one time, and I didn't want to be patient at all. So, you know, there's there's got to be some, you know, a little bit of patience on their part um, but I really think if you're, if you're getting frustrated and you're, you're not getting it, then you probably need to get sink yourself more into golf, uh, uh, of the game of golf, and not worry about how you're driving it or how your irons are. When you get to a par four, really get into, I would like, like to make four or less on this hole. What am I going to do to do that? What club am I going to hit to do that? And how am I going to swing to do that and get a little bit more into that and, and try to get their minds off of the mechanical on the golf course. That can be something you do on the range or in a hitting studio or something like that. When you're on the golf course, that's when you let go and go play. And I'd probably try to get someone and make sure that they're in, going in a good direction as far as that goes, so a little bit more mental than I would uh, swing analyzing.
0: And and speaking of the mental side of the game, Mark, we all face you know adversity out on the golf course during a round. What do you teach your students to do when they've hit a bad shot or had a bad hole or even played a bad round? What do you do to try to get you know get their mental side you know back re engaged with the sport?
2: Well. Um, you know, I, my, my son's a good golfer, and when he was younger, I used to really p- tell him, because this is how he was, but I said, get mad and get over it. So there's, there's got to be a time in there that you, sometimes when people say, oh, I don't want to react to that, and then they kind of shove it away, and then the more they shove, the bigger that balloon gets until it pops. So you don't really want that. Uh, and you don't want to ignore it like it never happened because it happened, and you need to learn from it. So there's a fine line in there of deal with it. What do you think? Okay, good, over. It's it can be that fast. Um, but I don't. I think to try to try to not deal with it is hard. Uh, now listen, some people are like that. Some kids are like that. They don't deal with it, fine. They don't deal with it. They just continue on. But I'd, uh, if somebody was asking, I would say, you know what, deal with it. Learn from it. You know, I, just, I was leaving the tournament and made a triple. Well, okay. <laughs> you know, what do you want to do now? Wouldn't you like to be in that spot again and see if you can not make a triple? So you have to learn from things like that. That's what makes you great. Um, So I would go that direction. That would be my
0: thought. And, Mark, when you were in the heat of the battle, right, coming down the stretch and you had an opportunity to win, how did you stay in the moment and not let your mind wander ahead or think about, hey, I could win it here and those sort of things, or let the nerves about the situation overcome you and, you know, prevent you from going on and and, winning that event? How do you stay in the moment and not let the pressure and everything else cloud your mind?
2: Well, um, you know, that's probably one of the hardest things to do in golf. It's easier to do when you're playing the game well and you're keen. Um, your mind is keen and focused. It's probably easier to do. Um, but, you know, I, uh, everybody's probably different in this, in this regard, but I, I always felt like, listen, I'm playing really good. So I could, I could let myself foul this up if I keep thinking, you know, because you're constantly battling the little voices and, hey, I think I got it here, and if I could birdie here. And you have to shove those away or, again, deal with them. Uh, my way was to think, okay, that little guy's back again. I'll just talk to him when I'm done with the round because I'm kind of busy right now with what I'm doing. <laughs> and that, that, that's how I dealt with it, and the funny thing is, the little guy, the little voice, was never there at the end of the round. So, I kind of the better you get at that, the, the better I think you get about in that situation. So you're everyone's constantly mind is racing, and uh, I don't know how to how to. I wish I knew more because I think I would have won a lot more if I could have done that more. But I know the <laughs> tournaments that I've won, I've I've just been. Totally trusting, and I can totally let go of the reins and just play. I trusted myself to go play. I didn't I didn't think about hitting or scoring. I knew I was playing well. So I just said, I'm trusting you to go play as hard as you can, and at the end of the day, add them up and see how you do. So I, I, I became, as I got older, I became better at that. Uh, but like I said, I think if – I wish I would have known how to – corral that a
0: little more I think I would have won more but uh, I, I, I don't
2: know I, everybody's different but that's, that's my view of
0: that mm-hmm. So Mark when, when you first came out on tour right, you're a great teacher of the game now you had a great you know, career out on tour did, did any of the players ever give you a pointer or a tip that helped you, you know, whether it was chipping or whatever it might have been did anyone ever take you under their wing and say you know what hey I see something here try this
2: um, I think that definitely, not so much in the golf. The golf was more, guys would wait for you to ask. So I definitely asked. Don't get me wrong here. Uh, but I got more of my mentoring on just how to behave and not to be a young punk and how to act and conduct myself at, at the cocktail parties and how to, Treat my amateurs and the pro ams, and how to be engaging. And you know, the Hubert Greens, the Dave Stockton, the Andy Beans, uh, I, well, just those that era of guys um, really helped me and kind of told me what the right thing to do is. And, uh, and I obviously just had great admiration for all of those guys and total respect. So, uh, I think I got more help there with just that side of it, but I definitely asked Dave Stockton for putting lessons quite a bit. Hubert Green's the best chipper I've ever seen in my life. I've asked him for chipping lessons. Uh, J.C. uh was so gracious with me when I first turned 50 on the Champions Tour to help me try to chip off Bermuda grass because I still have not learned how to chip off a of Bermuda grass Uh Pitch, um, so definitely got help from uh, from my peers and definitely uh, you know my idols out there that uh, that helped me. Which was a, a better
0: story, actually. <laughs> and Mark, speaking of idols, did you ever have a moment? when you were out on tour, when it really hit you that you were playing with and competing against, you know, the the likes of, you know, Jack Nicklaus and Tom Watson, you know, Greg Norman, Seve, all the great players that were sort of in their primes in the 80s and the 90s?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I get done with a round and call my dad and say, Dad, I just played the Johnny Miller, and he kicked my butt again. You know, I mean, how do you even pull the trigger when you're playing with these guys? I've watched them on TV, so... Uh, And they're true champions and great champions. And they, you know, go out and play with Raymond Floyd your first time and think you even have a chance to compete. That guy is incredible. (laughs) I mean, he'll just focus you to death to where you just melt. Uh, It's just uh, so, you know, there's times that, you know, I, I, I can't. There's so many rounds, so many rounds that I just could not believe I was playing with Tom Watson in the U.S. Open, tied for the lead, you know, or, or Jack Nicklaus, I'm thinking. Oh my God, I'm playing with Jack Nicklaus. Are you kidding me? Right. So, lots of did you times. Did you ever
0: have a uh, sort of you know, welcome to the PGA Tour kid moment?
2: Um, you know, I felt like a, a couple times uh, from certain people, uh, different comments went farther uh, than with others. I remember I played with uh, Fuzzy Zoller and Raymond Floyd at, uh, at Hilton Head one year, and it wind was blowing, and uh, Fuzzy wasn't, he kind of wasn't having that good of a last day, but Raymond and I were grinding, and,
1: you know, I was
2: grinding hard, and, and I bogeyed the last hole, and I was really bummed, uh, and I, I was, I beat Raymond, I think I ended up being third or something like that, but. When we got done, he said, "Hey, you know what? Good playing today." And I went, "Wow, okay." Raymond wow. Floyd just told me, "Good playing today." That's pretty
0: cool. Yes, it was. So, yeah. so, do you ever do you ever give yourself an opportunity, Mark, just to sit back and gaze at the Senior Open Championship trophy and say, you know, say to yourself, "Man, I really did that." Oh yeah,
2: I'm looking at it right now, Bud. How about that?
0: There you go. Uh,
2: it's it's out and on display in our house. Uh, it's on the mantle right now, and it's a uh, it's a great accomplishment uh, golf-wise. It's probably my, you know, I, I think you know there's so many different tournaments that mean so much. Your first win, of course, is incredible because it's your first win, and then to win a major, you you kind of times that first win by a hundred, it seems like, and it's. Incredible to win any major uh, on any tour. So you know, it's and I, I love that tournament so much. I love that kind of golf so much, and I love uh, I love feeling the spirits when you're over there playing. Um, you know where golf started, and I haven't played in Ireland yet. Played in Scotland. It seemed like a lot, and
1: uh, in England
2: and stuff. And it's just that that kind of golf is seems so uh, like real golf, I guess, is the way. I'm sure you've heard that before. It's just real stuff. It's no flying it, spinning it, bombing it, all that stuff. It just seems like it's – you hit all the clubs in your bag twice in a round of golf, you know, and you hit one low and one high. It just seems like those golf courses bring out so much. Uh, And it just makes – I think it makes for me, it makes it – if I had to pick a major – as a senior, that's the one I'd pick. So, pretty cool. Pretty cool throw. Yes, pretty it cool is. Jug.
0: And, Mark, for those of us you know who are fans, what's something about being out on tour that we don't either have an appreciation for or just don't understand what it's like for you guys?
2: Hmm. Well, you know, I think back in the day when I was on the regular tour, the it is. An incredible grind I mean it is you're you're asking so much of your if you're married you're asking so much of your wife if you have kids you're asking so much of your family uh, and and you're just on the road for so much of your life um, that it's a it's a grind and I think you know you win a tournament you're standing there with a big check and a big trophy and people think ah the life you know and you're like yeah, at this particular moment, it's it's pretty good. I love holding this check and this jug and all that stuff. But you know, two weeks ago, you maybe missed the cut, and then your plane was delayed, and you didn't get to your hotel. You had to spend the night in the terminal. Uh, I, and I'm not I'm not crying about it because there's some. It's a great great life. But I think that the, a lot of times the the fans especially will see the glamour and not they're unaware of the work that was put in to get to that one moment of glamour, you know, during that one time. Unless you're Bernard Wagner, mm-hmm. you get a lot of moments of, of that
0: every week. <laughs> You know, it's funny because that was going to be my next question. Talk about a guy who is dominating out on tour week in and week out, year in and year out. What, is he, what does he do differently than everybody else does? Because that guy just is a machine.
2: Well, he's a machine. I mean, it is—it's uh, incredible to uh, to witness this because it's not—it's not as easy as, as he's making it look. Um, you know, I don't know what it is. You know, they talk about that fine line, and and he's a—he has such a dominance that I think there's some guys that maybe go into it and they're in the heated battle knowing that somehow he's going to win and maybe, you know, they don't give themselves enough credit or, I mean, listen, Bernie's awesome. I just can't believe how many, I mean, he's, in my opinion, he's getting real used to winning, so he's kind of just now used to it so much that it just becomes just like when you shoot 72s and 73s, you kind of get in, in a routine of shooting 72s and 73s, and he's in a routine of shooting a lot under for three days every week. And, man, it's, it's incredible golf, I've got to tell you. It's a lot of good players. Yes. A lot of good players. In yes, every it is.
0: It's just a couple more before we let you go, Mark, and we've had a number of caddies, Join me on the show. And when you were playing, what were you looking for from your caddy? What caddy? What did you want him or her to do for you?
2: Well, let's see. That you know, when you that grows through time. When you first get on tour, you're just looking for someone you can trust, someone that'll be on time, um, and you you rely on probably a little bit more on your caddy for the correct yardages and make sure they've walked the golf course and have a good yardage book and it's up to date and stuff like that. And I think as you kind of become used to the tour life a little bit more, you become, you know, where you realize you're spending many hours of the day with this person. So I started just wanting guys that, sure, they were good caddies, but they were good guys. I enjoyed being with them. Uh, I liked their company. I liked, if I played well and I got to write a big check at the end of the week, I like writing a check to somebody that I like rather than somebody that I don't like. So I was just looking for someone that I like to be with, someone that I like paying and making, you know, getting them to make a lot of money. And, you know, it became more of a relationship, Um and sure, it was player caddy, but it was more of a relationship, you know, go to dinner sometimes together and go have a beer after the round together and, uh, you know, enjoy each other's company enough when you're on the road and, you know, you're not around family that you could go spend some time with. I think I was more into that than I didn't want someone to babysit me. I'm, you know, as I got older, I knew what I was doing and I, I needed someone to be, you know, trustworthy and, and, you know, be on top of the yardages and, and uh, you know, if we get close enough to know when to say, hey, man, you're getting a little too fast, let's slow her down. Or, but nothing, nothing major league, not, not too much.
0: So, Mark, before we let you go, remind our listeners how they can, you know, stay up to date with you, the things that you're doing, your, your, your website online and the, and the great instructional stuff that you have available there, and also how they can follow you on social media.
2: Okay, sure. Yeah, mine is markwebegolf.com. That's my website, markwebegolf.com. My email is mwebe at com. And both of those are the best way to get a hold of me or be informed of what's going on on my website. And that also takes you through Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn, I believe, all of those. So um you know i'm too old to be into all this social media stuff
0: but i'm trying real hard <laughs> indeed well mark i have so many more things i'd love to get your insights on i hope you'll come back again soon share more of your stories and your memories with us it's always a privilege for me to get to spend some time with you
2: uh you're too nice chris thanks buddy and you know great show really enjoy it
0: and really
2: appreciate you having me on
0: ah thank you mark Take care. Good luck with all the boxes and the moving in. All the best to you and your family. I look forward to catching up with you soon.
2: Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon.
0: All right. Take, take care, Mark. It's Mark Wiebe. And, again, it's markwiebegolf.com. And uh, a lot of great stuff on there. And what a great guy. Can't wait to have him back on the show again real soon. Before I get to my next guest, Matthew Lawrence, I want to give a shout-out to a few of our sponsors. And first of all, I want to remind you about our friends over at SyncIt.com. You know how we like to keep things positive on this show and have a positive approach both in life and on the golf course? Well, we're excited to be partnering with the folks at SyncIt.com. Keep putting that positive thought of sinking the putt in your mind with their great line of T-shirts and hats. To win any golf tournament, you've got to sink the final putt, right? We wake up every day to finish strong, sink the putt, close the deal, work hard, get better each and every day. Have the confidence to push forward towards your dreams with unwavering passion, and you're going to sink it in life. Check them out online at sinkit.com. And folks, have you heard me talking about Clubhub sensors over the last couple of months? Well, if you haven't, listen up and get ready to discover the best portable shot tracking and swing analysis golf device out there. Other shot trackers tell you what happened. Clubhub tells you what happened and why. Take the progress that you make on the practice tee directly to your rounds with the only device of its kind that can go on the course with you. I have Club Hub sensors in all of my clubs. They screw right into the tops of your grips, and I can tell you, since I put ClubHub sensors on my clubs, I've learned more about my swing and all the data surrounding it than I've learned over the 40 years I've been playing the game. But before you go out and buy your own set, our friends at Kinetic Sports have a special limited-time discount for our listeners. And You've got to hurry now. Only two days left. You can get any Clubhub product for 25% off by entering NEXT, that's N-E-X-T as your coupon code, and get your Clubhub for a stellar low price. Head to clubhubgolf.com, again, clubhubgolf.com to get your Clubhub sensors today and see your game in a whole new way. I also want to remind you about our friends over at Parbar. Energy and focus on the course is essential whether you're playing you know, on tour in the club championship or your weekend four ball with your buddies. Par Bar, the golfer's nutritional bar, can help you with both. Eat some before you get to the first tee and the rest every three holes until it's finished and you're going to play with more energy and focus to win. Par Bar was developed by a lifelong golfer and food scientist to help all golfers play their best. Go online to parbargolf.com and order yours today. In this segment of the show, we are sponsored by the PGA Tour Superstore. Let's hear a word about our friends over there.
3: This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at pgasuperstore.com. Now, back to you, Chris.
0: And, folks, one other thing to know about our friends at the PGA Tour Superstore they are teeing up a virtual nine hole golf tournament series. They invite golfers to play the country's most popular and famous golf courses in a fun, affordable, and convenient manner. Over the next couple of weeks, they are holding indoor nine hole tournaments, which include virtual competition on top golf courses from around the country. Each week, new nine hole tournaments will be introduced with up to $200 in weekly prizes for tournament and contest winners. They also feature a closest to the pin contest, and the entry fee for the tournaments are $19.99. To find out more information and to register for the virtual tournament, go online to Superstore.com. All right, now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Matthew Lawrence. You know Matthew from his many great movies and TV and radio shows that he's been a part of over the years. If you're like me and you're a big fan of the 80s movie Eddie and the Cruisers, you remember him as the bass player Salamato. He's been in so many other great TV, and movie, TV shows and movies like Beverly Hills 90210, Streets of Fire, St. Elmo's Fire, Saturday Night Live, Matlock 30-something Taxi, and a whole lot more. More recently, he's been a sideline analyst for first Duke basketball and now Kentucky basketball. He also hosts his own golf show on ESPN Radio, WLXG Sports Radio AM 1300 up in Lexington, Kentucky, called Backspin Golf, which I highly encourage you to go take a listen to. Join me every every Sunday morning at 8.03. It's my 8.03 tee time. Every Sunday morning, it's going on a hiatus for some reason for the next couple of months, which I'm not happy about. He also does a drive time show every weekday called Matthew and Mikey that I also tune into. And like I've said several times, if I'm not his biggest fan, I've got to be in the top five. Hey, Matthew, thanks for coming back back on the show, my friend.
3: Every time I talk to you, I get I realize how tired I am from all the stuff <laughs> I did. Uh. I, I, you know, I'm an old guy, and I feel pretty good most of the time, until I talk to you, and you start saying what I've done, and I'm exhausted. I'm just tired. <laughs> I, I very well earned right,
0: my friend. But I, I, I got to know now. Now that you're ruining my weekends by going on hiatus, what am I supposed to do at eight o three yeah. on Sunday mornings now?
3: I don't know. I, you know, let me look around. I'll come up with something for you to listen to. Listen, you do this show. You do your NFL show, which is fantastic. You know how tiring doing a radio broadcast is. And I'm telling you, see, I, I can't do this. I can't do this with a straight face.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: we, um, here's, here's, here's what happens. Every year, this is my fourth season of doing backspin golf, and we come back in January and we go all the way through till this past Sunday. Uh yeah, this past Sunday. And then we take a couple of months off because basketball is starting and I do the UK Kentucky basketball pre and post game shows and I'm doing a soccer show once a week about the English Premier League now which I absolutely love. And um it's just good to take a couple months off and um you know, kind of recharge a little bit and plus they got all these silly events going on now. Uh, even though it's, it counts towards towards the FedEx cup, which that could be a whole show you and I could do about you know, now <laughs> let's show everybody where everybody is in the FedEx Cup standing. Excuse me. You got like eight months till it matters, okay? I don't need to know <laughs> um, but so every year I, I just like to take a little bit of time off and and uh kind of recharge a little bit that's that's why, but well, I'll find something for you to listen to
0: <laughs> I probably I appreciate you. Well and, I gotta and thank you, you by the way for the I, shout outs that you've given uh you given me on the show. It means a great deal to me. The hello yesterday made me feel like Mrs. Calabash and you know, Hello Chris Muscaro <laughs> wherever you are. But I appreciate you doing Well
3: that. you know, it's it's I gotta say this and you've gotten to know my brother Mitch pretty well through through our shows kind of together and right. his show and your show and and um he put it beautifully the other day i thought on twitter about how supportive you are of of so many of us and it's very much appreciated i mean you know i know that when i'm doing my golf show that at 803 on sunday morning you're going to be listening you know means a great deal to me and so i just uh i want to thank you for all the support that you give to me in so many ways. Uh, that's very much appreciated, too. Well, I'm glad to do it. Thank you, too.
0: So, Matthew, you and I have never talked about this, but like Sylvester Stallone said in Rocky Balboa, life ain't all sunshine and rainbows. And there was a time <laughs> in your life when you had enough of Hollywood, and you know, you're left to yeah. start, to, you know, go down a completely different path right? In, in, in sports radio. What was it about Hollywood or the movie industry that finally made you say, you know what, enough, I'm out of here?
3: Um, it's a great question and I'll get to it in a second but before I forget because as I say I am old and I do tend to forget
2: things
3: (laughs) I want to say how great just listening to Mark Weeby was even just for the few minutes that I was able to catch and I'll certainly listen to the rest of his interview what a fantastic guy and they were great questions too I mean we don't often think of all we see is guys with nets, net jets and, you know, private planes and all this stuff. You don't really get to hear from a guy that played on the tour for a long time that, you know, you miss a flight, you miss a cut, you miss a flight, you're sleeping in the terminal, you miss your family. We don't think about that stuff enough. And mm-hmm. it was great. It was great to to hear. I can't wait to listen to the rest of the interview. Anyway. I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, uh, I had been in Los Angeles for almost 20 years and the first 17 were great. Um, Even though there were times, you know, the thing about that business, Chris, is unless you hit the the mother load, which is either getting into a movie that is going to go on to eight, different, you know, movies after that. Uh, unless you get on a show like Seinfeld or Married with Children, which my friend Ed O'Neill did, and then you're kind of set for life because not only do you, you make a lot of money during that time, but you, you get things offered to you. It's a totally different life. And even though I had a great career, and, and accomplished so much more than most people that go into the business ever get to do. I never got to the point where I was that. There were years where I had made a lot of money, uh, where I was on duet for three years on Fox and and had a job and that was it was great. I had some great years. But there were also times where you can get a job and even though people know you you may not work for three months or six months. And I had those years, too. Um, and by the 17, 18 years of being in L.A., uh, I had gotten to the point, this this is really what happened, point where living in L.A., everything is about the business there. And so you would see somebody and you would say, hi, how are you doing? And they'd say, I'm okay. How are you? And I would say, I'm great. They'd say, really? What are you working on? Everything is tied to the business. Um, there's nothing about living out there that's not a constant reminder of, of what you're doing. And it got to the point where it really started to wear on me. And then uh, as I, I started to get older, all these shows were there for everybody was getting younger. Um, And not just actors, but people that run the business, agents, casting directors, all of those people. And the day that I decided to leave L.A., I got a call from my agent. And I had been working for close to 20 years, and you know how much stuff I had done. And my agent said, I want you to know what's going on out there. I just submitted you for a pilot for NBC. NBC. He said, a sitcom. And Now, I had done a year on Saturday Night Live. I had my own sitcom on Fox for three years. I had guest starred on almost every big sitcom in L.A. And this agent said, the casting director, when I submitted you for the pilot, said to me, you know, I really think he's great, but can he do comedy? And... I was so stunned by that that I really started to think, I don't want to go through this. I don't want to, 15 years from now, still be going, wait a minute, what about all the stuff I did? And once that thought came into my head, um, because to tell you the truth, I felt satisfied in terms of everything that I had accomplished as an actor. And... Luckily, because of golf, and I think we've talked about this before, playing in all the celebrity golf tournaments I did, I happened to play in the Duke Children's Classic, uh, and probably 10 years before I had these thoughts, I got friendly with Coach K at the Duke Children's Classic, and I was having dinner with him at the Jimmy V to Golf Tournament. I told him I was unhappy, and I really... Didn't want to be in L.A. anymore, and he basically said, after a couple discussions, why don't you come here? I have something I want you to do. And I didn't have a family. I wasn't married. I didn't have kids at that time. And I just said, I'm done. And I packed all my stuff up. I drove cross-country with my mom and went to Durham, North Carolina, and for 10 years sat behind the bench uh, doing radio for the Duke Radio Network. Um, That's really how all that happened.
0: So do you still get approached at all about roles in TV shows or movies?
3: No. No, I don't because I've been out of the business now. The last thing I did was in 1999, um, right after I moved to North Carolina, I did the final episode of Beverly Hills 90210. I went back out there, which was my son got married on the show. And that's really the last thing that I've done. Uh, And, you know, people say that to me all the time, you know, and I miss the work. I miss the creativity of being on a set and being with the crew guys. The crew guys were always my guys. Um, I miss the camaraderie of being on a set and working on something and just the creativity of acting. But I don't miss the business at all. And to do, I, there's no doubt that I could work again, but I have a about-to-be-14-year-old, about-to-be-11-year-old, and a wonderful wife. And in order for me to get back into the business, I would either have to go to New York or L.A. and get reestablished, because there are many, many people out there that, that are no longer in the business that were there when, you know, I keep forgetting it's 18 years ago now that's pretty shocking to me but i think if if situations were different i might you know try to do that but there's no way now i mean I, I there's no way i would do that now my family is too important to me
0: so matthew i read an article that said a few years ago you made an appearance at comic con up in new jersey what was that like
3: yes um it was actually really incredible i had heard about all these comic-con things and i had never been asked to do one and i got asked i actually did two of them um and the first one i did was with michael Pere from uh eddie and the crew uh, you know played eddie and eddie and the cruisers and he has a huge following he did a couple of sci-fi movies and so we went and there was the the number of people and the costumes and uh it was uh, just jaw-dropping for me sitting there i had a wonderful time um i met some great people that i didn't know uh who were there also um and the other one was was much more of a uh, they brought me to the second one because the I got really close to the guy who was putting them on but I really shouldn't have been there because it really was much more about um, science fiction movies and comics and all of those things so I had a good time but uh, that was pretty much it <laughs> for me but the first one was really good but they are i mean the lives people devote their lives to this stuff and we had one here in Lexington, uh, not too long ago, at, at Rupp Arena, which is across the street from my office, and just for three days, there were, you know, all kinds of creatures walking down the sidewalk, and I mean, it was it was it was pretty staggering, actually.
0: <laughs> and, I, and I read that you know in the same article about the the, the New Jersey one, it was the first time in twenty five years that that you had seen Michael and. And uh, it actually went on to say that uh, he had been approached by, about doing an Eddie and the Cruisers 3. Is that, uh, is that still a whisper in the wind, perhaps?
3: No, no, it's not. I don't, I don't think that would ever happen. I mean, a couple of people... Here's the thing about Eddie Lives. Um, we had, after the... You know, when Eddie was released, it was here and gone in the theaters. And right. when... Six months later, HBO really started, and as soon as the movie was started on HBO, it became this huge cult film, and the music exploded, and so we had kind of a built-in audience for the second movie, Um, but it did not turn out, I think if the second one had been better, then maybe there would have been a shot at doing even a third one where you know, me and Michael are two really old guys sitting on a porch somewhere and reminiscing <laughs> or something. But um, the second one, uh, my stuff with Michael, I thought was great because we had such a history together. But I couldn't, st- I hated the second movie. Uh, to be honest with you, I hated it. And you know, I think uh, I think that kind of killed really any any chance of a third one happening.
0: Well, I I had always hoped that you guys would do another sort of like Stallone needed to do another Rock, needed to do Rocky Balboa cuz you couldn't go out on Rocky 5. I was sort of hoping you guys could do a, a and an Eddie and Eddie Nacruiser 3 and not go out on 2. So, yeah. well, I when I when I read thought.
2: that.
3: <laughs> it's a great yeah. thought. I wish we could do that cuz I think I think it would be really great if it could just be me and Michael somehow. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um Yeah. But but uh, it's as I've said to you before when we've talked about this, the thought that we were in Jersey shooting this movie so, so long ago now, Lord, it's like 30, I don't even remember. I think it came out in 83, I want to say, that people still come up to me all the time and talk to me about it. And it, that's amazing to me, and it's wonderful. Because it's, you know, it became a part of a lot of people's lives. And that's a very fulfilling feeling.
0: So, Matthew, maybe we should talk a little golf on this show. And, um,
3: okay. I'm right. to kind of Here. get you... Now. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold it. Wait, wait. Do you know why this is so great that I'm talking to you today about golf? Do you know no, why? why? No, why? Ti- no. Tiger is coming... Back <laughs> today of all days as soon as this news broke today I thought I can't believe I'm going to be talking to Chris tonight <laughs> this is like the greatest news to me I'm the biggest Tiger fan really? in the world oh absolutely um, and I'm not I'm not talking about all the off the course stuff that's a whole different yeah, yeah. discussion I'm talking right. about as a golfer and I I don't care what anybody says, it's been years now since he was relevant, although he did win five tournaments, what, like three years ago or four years ago? I mean, we right. forget that. But his influence on the game, and t- I hate the phrase, like, moved the needle, but it's the truth. Twitter went berserk today, the other day, he hit a, He put another video up about him hit a, hitting a stinger, that great right. stinger shot he hit, and Twitter lost its mind. I mean, today it was <laughs> announced that he is going to play in his tournament in the Hero on November 30th, and everybody's going berserk, including me. Um, oh, can you hear me? I put you on speakerphone. Can you hear me okay? Yeah yeah I okay can still hear you. i just i want to do this if i could just for a minute um there's a guy I think I've mentioned to you about justin ray his name is uh he is the golf channel golf statistician and he's the best in the world at what he does um you can follow him at justin ray r a y and his, the stats he puts up all the time, are fan how he does this. But today, when the announcement that Tiger was coming back, Justin put, let's celebrate Tiger Woods announcing his return with some insta- insane Tiger statistics. And I want to read a couple of these for you. Is that okay? Can I sure. Do that? Okay. Sure. Tiger was a combined 126 under par in majors from 1997 to 2008. That is 189 shots better than any other player in that span with 40-plus rounds played. 189 shots better than anybody else. Wow. Tiger is the only player in the last years to win five or more straight PGA Tour starts He's done it three different times. Now, <laughs> these, are, these are the kinds of... Tiger Woods has 63 more wins. He's got 79. Then missed cuts as a pro on the PGA Tour. 63 more wins than missed cuts. And seven of his missed cuts have come since 2014. Tiger Woods with 79 and Dustin Johnson with 16 are the only players currently under age 45 to win 14-plus times on the PGA Tour. Dustin Johnson has 16 victories. Tiger has 79 and 14 majors. I mean, I could go on and on because Justin's stats are so ridiculous, but we, a lot of us have lost sight of who we're talking about here and I think for all of us my greatest wish is that when he comes back to playing, I don't want him to be Joe Namath playing for the LA Rams or I don't want him to be that guy We, I, I want him to be competitive I would love to see him win a tournament, I want him to be competitive that's all and if he can't then I hope he stops playing and just designs golf courses and plays with his kids but apparently i don't know if you heard this chris but he's been playing the last couple weeks and some pretty big names have seen him play and played with him and they all say he's he's phenomenal he's in unbelievable shape and health and hitting the ball perfectly and now he's going to be in a, a tournament you know it'll be a little different than a regular pga event but it'll be competition and we'll see what happens but i'm just anyway i'm going on here i'm really excited he's coming back <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i, I think i think the golfing world right is at, at this point uh, you know wanting to see what he can do right we we yeah. we've ha- heard a number of comebacks right we it's you know it seems yes. like you know every other month he's coming back he's coming back he's coming back and then right. finally you know had to shut it down you know for the, for the majority of the last year so I think yeah. you know we'll we'll see you know how how healthy is he really right We saw this last year right He came back and yeah. finished what 17th yep. out of 19 or or what have you and then a couple yeah. more attempts and then that was it So well, it'll be interesting to see what what does he have and how he can you know how hard can he go at it and what does his swing right. look like and you know can he sustain it over time So yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting uh, to see. I for sure I
3: agree and I'm giving him one more shot if if he comes back. And again, injures himself or whatever. I think that'll be it for him. And you know, um, but I'm just I'm excited he's going to play again. Whatever happens.
0: Yeah, it'll be yeah. To your point, it is you know the crowds, you know the things on social media, everything. He, he definitely moves yeah. the needle. So he's great for the yep. game. If there's nothing else, he's he great he is. for the game and the attention that it, that comes with it. Right, Matthew. Just a couple of more before we let you go. And uh, your home city now, Lexington, recently got a new PGA Tour event. The 2018 Barbasol Championship is going to be played up there, not far from downtown Lexington. How's the city reacting to the news?
3: Well, I can tell you, it's uh, July, I believe the 22nd to the 26th. Uh, it's the, the Barbasol was, has been played in Alabama these last, I'm not sure for how long, but um, it's had great feels. It's the same week as the open championship as the british open last year at the barbasol davis love retief goosin angel cabrera we had i think nine guys that had won a major played in that tournament and they're hoping for a great field again and all of us that are involved in golf here are are so excited they had the big press conference last week i guess And I was there, and it's phenomenal. I mean, we don't really realize what happens when a PGA Tour event comes to your town. Um, 1,500 volunteers, um, between 80 and 100,000 people they're expecting. The amount of of how it affects your economy for that week and the week leading up to it, everything about it. Um, I can't wait. I'm going to be doing... Shows from the golf tournament. I'm going to be helping with different publicity things. Uh, I told them I would do anything they wanted. We just had a meeting with the head of... It's being put on by the Bluegrass Sports Commission and a company called BD Global, which is a wonderful guy from here in Lexington. It's his company. And I told uh, them, I'll do anything you want as long as you let me announce the the players on the first tee. Wow! <laughs> they think you no, know, they think I'm kidding, but I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, because I figure I can I can put some kind of glasses and something and speak with like an Irish accent or do, I don't know. I can turn it into <laughs> an acting exercise, <laughs> you know. Um, but it, it's, <laughs> all kidding aside, it is going to be. Fantastic, and it's this is not a one-time deal. Uh, I think it's a four-year contract, and they're hoping for longer than that. The golf course they're playing it at is called Champions, and it's there are two golf courses under the Keen Trace umbrella, Keen Run and Champions, and it's a beautiful golf course. But the PGA Tour is already coming in, and they are going to do stuff to this golf course that will last years, the improvements they're going to make, because there's going to be a tournament there. Um, The whole thing is just kind of a little overwhelming right now, but it is going to be amazing. I mean, really amazing. And I think what we should do, Chris, is the week of the tournament, I think you should come to Lexington, and I think you should do next on the tee from there, and I can do backspin golf, and we can make a whole thing out of it. What do you there think? you go.
0: Ah, I yeah. like
3: the way you think.
2: Yeah, all right. All right.
3: All we'll right. do it.
0: We'll make that happen.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: All right, Matthew, one more before we let you go. But you know, I want you to be also to be able to plug one of the other courses you've got up there because I know your home course is called Kearney Hill. Talk about that yes. course.
3: Well, we have five public courses uh, uh, that are Lexington Parks and Rec. And they're all great public courses. But we have a Pete Dye golf course called Kearney Hill that is, uh, you know, my bro- Mitch came here and played it. He had never played it before. It's a Lynx-style course. I've played golf on public courses all over the country, and it's absolutely in the top five of any public golf course you can play it's an amazing golf course and it's kind of my home course uh justin X is the guy that is the head pro out there and runs it and uh there have been a couple of very big events out there at kearney hill but um thank you for letting me talk about it and of course french lick i mean french lick has been a sponsor of mine on backspin golf for the last four years, and Brendan Sweeney and Dave Harner and all the people involved with French Lick. I mean, you talk—I'll do the commercial for you. You talk about <laughs> a resort. You talk about a resort. They have one of the most incredible golf courses anywhere in the world—the Pete Dye course at French Lick. A- anywhere. Have you played it? And then they have oh, many times. It—it it is. is yeah? I'm telling How'd you, you Chris, do? It, it ate my lunch. Oh. No, I shot sixty eight there, to be honest.
0: Did you? Good for you.
3: Yeah. I only played eight holes. But
0: you see <laughs> I was dude, gonna ask you what you shot on the back.
3: Night. Yeah, this is the thing. Nobody ever asks. this is the truth, isn't it? Nobody ever asks you how many holes you played. They always say, <laughs> How'd you do? Say oh, I shot seventy one. Really? But you don't tell them you left after 13 holes. They never ask you, did you play all 18 holes? So that's the way I approach things now. No, the, the Pete Dye course is absolutely one of the toughest golf courses you can play. Yes, Pete Dye is a sadistic son of a you-know-what. I mean, he's just... <laughs> but it's also one of the most beautiful golf courses. And, yes. and then they have a 100-year-old Donald Ross course there. And right. two of the most amazing hotels, and a 51,000-square-foot casino. So, like, you know, pretty great restaurants. I mean, it's not a bad place to go, (laughs) Fred It's fantastic. It really is.
0: Yes, it is. So, so, Matthew, before we let you go, let our listeners know, how can they stay up to date with all the things that you're going to be doing over social media, online, and then you got to give me something. Don't forget, you got to give me something now that you've ruined my Sunday morning. So you got to take God, that well, as well. Well, more. all
3: right. That's, okay, Chris, you know I love you, but that's a little too much pressure to be putting on me, okay? Ruining your <laughs> Sunday mornings, all right? Come on, man. <laughs> um, uh, people can follow me on Twitter at ml. On WLXG, uh, and they can listen live to the to Backspin Golf or to my show in the afternoon. If you go to WLXG.com and just hit Listen Live, those are the two best ways to get me.
0: Yeah, and you've got and have got a great app. That's how I listen to you on my drive. I you know I you've yep. become my drive time uh, listen on the way home. So yeah, I I stop listening well, to anything in Atlanta. I listen to you. So I've got I well, plug in the app and, and away I go.
3: You know how seriously all kidding aside, you know how much that means to me. It means a great deal. And um, I put on Twitter the other day, just as I say goodbye, thanking uh, people for you know being on this journey. And I know you feel the same way about your show. But you know some of the greatest blessings in my life have come from all the friends and people I've met on with Backspin Golf. Uh, all over, all over the world, really. Um, And you are right up there, you know, at the top of the list. I, I can't tell you how much your friendship means to me. So, Thanks for having me back on, and I promise I'll look around and find something for you to listen to on Sunday morning. God <laughs> bless. Lord have mercy.
0: <laughs> well, Matthew, I can't thank you enough for your time and your friendship, my friend. It's, right, uh, it's been one of the great blessings of 2017. So thank you for all that uh, that you've meant to both this show and on the football side. We've got to get you back on the football side and uh, see what your thoughts are on what's going on around the NFL. But
3: yeah, thank you for great. your time tonight. As long as you don't ask me about the Giants, I'll do your football show. That's fine. I'll do it. <laughs> Indeed. All right. All Hi, right, my
0: friend. Take care. Have a great rest I'll of your night. You. I'll catch up with you soon. Okay, Chris. Thanks. Thanks, Matthew. That's a great Matthew Lawrence, and again, he, you can find him on Twitter at ml on WLXG and uh, Backspin Golf, and, and uh, you know his Drive Time show is are, are all fantastic. And uh, as you can tell from the from the uh, interaction tonight and the, the time we spent together, he's, uh, he's absolutely one of my favorite people anywhere on the planet. All right, folks, it is time for us to uh, put a bow on this episode of Next on the Tee, but you know we always like to go out uh, by uh, hearing a word from our friend Jim Estes about all the great things that they do at the Salute Military Golf Association.
1: The Salute Military Golf Association was created to provide rehabilitative golf experiences to the brave men and women who have been wounded while serving our country.
0: Yes, indeed, folks. They are doing some amazing things at the Salute Military Golf Association. To find out more information and to see how you can get involved, go online to smga.org. All right, folks, my sincere thanks again tonight to Mark Wiebe and Matthew Lawrence for joining me, and and I hope you enjoyed the show. Boy, if you enjoyed it half as much as I did, then uh, we've, we've done a lot. Please uh, give me your thoughts. Go online. Check out our page on Facebook at uh, Next on the T uh, with Chris Mascaro. Share your feedback there. Plus, if you've got a question for one of our future guests or someone who's already been on the show, please let me know. We'd be glad to get that question out to them and get an answer for you. Also check us out online at nextonthetea.net to see who some of our future guests are going to be as well. Please also check out our sister show on the football side, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host Bob Lazeri. That show airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can stream it live on Blog Talk Radio, and that show like this one is also available as a free podcast on iHeartRadio and over on Podbean. And we can't thank our good friends on Podbean enough for having both shows as featured uh, podcast in their sports and recreation section. And if you love podcasts, they've got a lot of great podcasts across all genres. So please go check them out online at podbean.com or get their mobile app as well. Over on Thursday Night Tailgate, we are joined every week by five NFL legends, sharing their stories from their playing days and their insights into today's game as well. We also highlight two players doing great things in their communities in our Spotlight on the Positive segment. Again, you can find that show online at ThursdayNightTailgate.com, and this one is on NextOnTheT.net. so you can stream or download any of our archived episodes for free. Plus, like I say, keep up to date with who our, our future guests are going to be as well. Folks, thank you again for choosing to listen to this show tonight. We can't thank you enough. We appreciate it. We appreciate you guys the very most. Until next week, my friends, hit them straight.
1: Stomity with Chris Mascaro Where PGA and LPGA pros and top instructors And media members Go to tell their stories Join us the same time every Tuesday To hear more stories about the game we love From people who love Sharing those stories with you It's all about the great game of golf It's all about the great game of golf